Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you're involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today we have a really different type of program that I think will be of interest to our viewers. My guest today has had a very unique experience, or I should say a series of experiences in the former Soviet Union and in many other places in the world. Elizabeth Graham had a type top secret CIA security clearance at the age of 16. She worked for an international corporation for 12 years, began to travel to the Soviet Union, and then became one of the very few Americans to move to Russia. She lived under communism in the Soviet Union, then Russia, and Central Asia. Her most recent book, From Democracy to Democracy, A Warning to All Americans, reads like a John Grisham novel or a movie like The Manchurian Candidate. Elizabeth Graham, welcome to today's Global Connections program. Thank you. It's good to be here. I appreciate you being with me today. I've never, I've, I got to be honest, I've never had a guest who worked for the CIA that I knew of anyway. About <laughs> okay. So we'll have to do the rules of the road. If I ask you a question that's off limits, just say, well, I'd love to answer that, but I can't do it. So, you know, that's the way it is. But let's go and uh, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, I'm just curious, can you, 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 you got involved in this at a very early age. Uh, not asking for any assignments, but how did you do that? That seems very uh, out of the ordinary, shall we say. But I'm sure it was out of the ordinary. You know, at the time when I was 16, I thought it was very normal American family. But my father um, was CIA undercover most of his life. Prior to that, he was military intelligence and a prisoner of war in Germany. So his entire mindset was um, similar to the philosophy of the CIA. He was there when they began. And from the as long as I can remember as a child, I felt as though I was indoctrinated into this lifestyle. And so um, at the age of 16, when I was a senior in high school, my dad began the process of getting me a top secret clearance all the way down to birth. And the FBI investigated my uh, background, went to school teachers, went to my friends who all thought I was a spy or something. And um, by the time I graduated at 17, I was then employed with the CIA and in his office. Now, once there, it's very hard to leave the CIA and the type of philosophy and mindset that you've had uh, ingrained in you from the time you were a small child. I would imagine, <laughs> yes. Yes, it's a very closed society, I'm guessing. And you it just is. don't you don't come in, work for a week or two or a year, and then out the back door. It, uh, it's certainly, it's more of a fraternity and more of a closed system, too, I'm sure, without a doubt. Well, what were some of the, can you mention any of the types of 
jobs that you were doing when you were now you were in the, the former Soviet Union. You you went to Afghanistan. Uh, you worked for a major international corporation. What were some of the types of work that you did in, in those capacities? Ukraine has been independent, an independent nation since 91 or 92. Um, however, they had a Russian communist type leader for most of their of this period of time until Zelensky was voted in and Ukrainians decided they wanted to move towards a democracy. At that time, Putin became very angry and that's when he decided he wanted to invade the country and again, put into uh, the senior position in the country someone who was sympathetic to him. When you were in the old Soviet Union and traveling around to other places like Afghanistan or Ukraine or whatever, what what that was during the Cold War primarily, what was the perception of the peoples in those countries? I know you can't say collectively they all loved or all hated or whatever Americans, but how did they view America? How did they view the Cold War? How did they view NATO, uh, just a variety of other groups that uh, maybe were not seen in a favorable light? Let me say this, and I've been saying it since 1993. For that part of the world, the Cold War never ended. Um, it's been a very slow, gradual move towards more democratic government uh, in the former Soviet countries. But in the mind of Vladimir Putin, nothing changed. He grew up as a Cold War air spy. He spent his spy years in Germany. And um, the Cold War did not end, and he still sees the United States as his number one arch enemy. So this man will do whatever he can do, which in his mind thinks is the right thing to do for Russia, um, to um, destroy and hurt the United States. And that is one of his goals. In fact, he has stated it a few times. He's not bashful about it whatsoever. But what? How do, how do you view Putin? And I'm sure you saw his rise from maybe a, not obscurity, but certainly from a low level KGB operative to being the, the, the totalitarian in chief in, in the current day Russia. But how, how did you view him over the years as he was progressing? How do I see Putin over the years? Uh -huh. Putin, Putin was from a very poor family in St. Petersburg. His lifetime dream was to become a KB, KGB agent. He had to get a law degree first in order to accomplish that, which he did. Um, and then he spent the majority of his spy years in Germany. So he developed a specific mindset that was similar to Hitler's and what happened in Germany. Um, he blames the United States for the downfall of the Soviet Union, and that only fueled his hatred of our country and of democracies as a form of government. Um, he, When he was maneuvered into the presidency, first the vice presidency and then the presidency, this meant that the KGB in Russia literally took over as the form of government in um, Russia. And 
to give you a comparison, the CIA has roughly 25,000 employees. The KGB has something like 400,000. And they are embedded into the United States in every, just about every country in the world. Um, and it's, it's turned into an entirely uh, KGB mindset for the operation of Russia, which is sad because it's a digression into where the country was before Yeltsin took over. Um, and we are dealing with all over again, the same Cold War era philosophy in that part of the world that we faced 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yes, and we're still right in the middle of it, apparently, yes. But now you you have a book that is in its second printing, a second edition, I believe, and that's from Democracy to Demo Crazy. What, uh, first of all, what's the title and what's the theme of the book? <laughs> Uh, what is the theme of the book? Well, I wrote this book as a warning to all Americans. I feel that I have been privileged enough to have a very unique history and background and exposure to um, parts of the world and philosophies and cultures and societies that most Americans don't understand, never mind even know where they, these countries are located in the world. And what's happened is that I feel a certain level of responsibility to try and inform most Americans about how Putin still views the U.S. as a Cold War or a spy, how he is doing everything humanly possible to infiltrate our form of com uh, uh, our form of government, and um, that includes in my mind, putting Trump in a position of helping to steer our country more in the same direction that Putin would like it to go. Okay, we'll get back to that in just a moment. Well, okay. you're, watching, you're watching Global Connections Television, which is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guest. We'd invite our viewers to go to our website, at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. Also, if you are involved with a PBS or community access television station, or perhaps you're with an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or you just have a podcast, or you have just a computer, and you like our shows, you would like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost, as a public service to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today, we're talking about an international issue, and that's really a carryover of the Cold War into the current modern everyday world in which we exist right now. My guest is an expert, and she has a very unique position. Elizabeth Graham had a top secret CIA security clearance at the age of 16. She worked for an international corporation for 12 years, began to travel to the Soviet Union, and then became one of the very few Americans to move to Russia. She lived under communism in that Soviet Union, in the Soviet Union, then Russia, and Central Asia. Her most recent book is from Democracy to Timo Crazy, A Warning to All Americans. Create. It's, it's almost like, as I read this, it's almost like a, 
a cross between a John Grisham novel and the movie the Manchurian Candidate. It's just, it's just incredible. You've had such a unique background. But Elizabeth, let's pick up where we left off. You were talking about Putin and how he has no love for America, obviously, and he will do everything he can do to weaken the country. And of course, we're doing a lot of things on our own in this country to weaken ourselves at this point in time that we can get into maybe later. But what, uh, how do you, did, what, what was your involvement? Uh, you were a bit removed, I guess. And did you see Putin or did you see Donald Trump's involvement in various activities? We know of Trump's involvement to a large degree as far as trying to get uh, Trump Towers built, things like that, to do a variety of things. Some that were certainly legal, some that were uh, uh, allegedly are very illegal. But how did you see those two characters, the two protagonists? Okay, um, let me say first that I am not anti-Republican or anti-right-wing. I am very opposed to former President Donald J. Trump and feel he was totally compromised by the Soviet and Russian system in several ways. And in that form, I believe that he or his family were threatened, um, and he therefore was desperate to maintain his position as president of the United States. I am um, pleading with the other half of our country to understand that Trump's behavior while he was in the White House was very, very similar in so many ways to exactly how the Russian government and their Duma operates in Moscow. Um, for instance, the Duma, which is their lower, lower, lower house Congress, um, is the elected officials from all over Russia, uh, hundreds of people. These people at no time will voice or vote against Putin because they know that if they do, their family or um, others that are close to them will be killed or will be arrested. It's, it's very simple. That's the way the country operates. Putin rules everything. In the United States, during Trump's four years uh, in office, he ruled with fear. Um, we had the majority of the Republican Senate that would not vote against him, that would not say anything against his policies and his behavior. And this was because they feared his reprisal. He would take them to court. Their families were threatened. To give you an example, uh, one Republican, Gonzalez, who was one of the 10 who voted um, against Trump and wanted him impeached now, as of 2021, has 24-hour security protection, fears for his family's safety, and refused to run for office again. He does this because of his fear of Trump and what happens with Trump. Um, Trump has threatened to take everyone and anyone to court, to ruin their reputation, um, and lives and even children's lives have been threatened during his period of time. Um, 
So this is something that you as citizens need to understand. Um, this threat, this fear would cause many um, elected officials in our Senate to not vote against Trump or anything similar to what he is doing or promoting in his tenure as president. I, I actually write a quote in um, in the book, and I would like to read that to you if I can find it. Um, okay, while okay. you're looking for that, did, did you find the, it? No, I didn't find it. Okay, but basically, well, don't, don't worry about it. You know, okay. as you were going through that, I was curious, uh, over the years, uh, uh, when I think back to the 2016 election, and we're, we're nonpartisan with this program, uh, bipartisan, nonpartisan, however you want to put it. But when I think back to it, I know that many prominent Republicans, and I think Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, and several Republicans questioned whether or not they thought that maybe Donald Trump was an asset or that Putin had something on him, something he was blackmailing him with or putting pressure on, compromise. Is there mm -hmm. any proof, any evidence to that? There's a great deal of evidence towards that. Um, Trump was involved early in 1977 when he married Ivanka. She was from the Czech, Czechoslovakian, Yugoslavian, um, re, no, Czechoslovakian Republic. Um, their KGB reported directly to the Russian KGB. Um, Ivanka was one of those who was privileged enough to be able to leave her country, a close society, and that was only allowed by people who were KGB associated. So from my point of view, uh, he's been involved in some way with Russian KGB since 1977. Mm -hmm. In 1990, he joined several other Russians in the formation of a real estate company. Um, and all of this is provable. And this real estate company was housed in a Trump Tower in Manhattan, one floor below Trump's um, international headquarters. This was not a coincidence, okay? Not long after that, the Russians made a deal, an offer to Trump that he could not refuse. Um, in doing this, he was offered the Russians to build Trump Towers throughout the U.S., and put his name on it, and he would be paid for the use of his name. Um, he accepted this offer. And in Florida alone, there are Russians living in condos that cost millions of dollars, all of which money was shared, not just by Trump, by the Russians who he was associated with. So um, when he came into office, he, he said to the American public, I have no ties to Russia, no deals, no nothing. This was just a fabrication and uh, nothing more than a flat out lie because he did. And he had been associated with the Russians for many, many years. Um, it's also not a coincidence that his third wife, Millennia, is also from a former communist country where at the time, um, men and women could not leave the country unless they were KGB. She was one of those who was allowed outside of Yugoslavia. 
which is now Slovenia. So Slovenia, right? Slovenia. Yes, yeah. uh, right. Uh, exactly. Now Melania, the the current wife. Yes. Now the uh, whole arrangement that he's had, and I know a lot of investigations have gone on. The January sixth committee has uncovered quite a bit. The uh, current uh, special prosecutor Jack Smith has uncovered quite a bit. But it's it's surprising how openly uh, Donald Trump supports Vladimir Putin and actually roots for him. It seems like he's he's one of his biggest cheerleaders. And if if Trump were president, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to try to give Ukraine to to Russia or a large part of Ukraine. But there's been so many things that he has done yeah. in the past that obviously point the finger directly at some type of collusion. There has been collusion. They say alleged collusion, but apparently it's very provable. So the question is, as we start to run out of time here, is what can we do to learn more about this whole nefarious situation, uh, this, this web of influence and corruption, really, you come right down to it, of Vladimir Putin and anybody, anybody who falls into his orbit? Well, there's some some critical information out there that people should read. I mean, my book is one, but there are others like Compromat, like Putin's People. Um, what are some of the others? The Freeze Order by Bill Browder is one that's really good. Uh, mm -hmm. Russian Roulette is another one. People need to read these books to further understand how Russia operates and Trump's involvement with Russia and the understanding that Russia is out to destroy our country. So Trump's association with Putin and his agreement with um, Putin is nothing that's going to save our country, which he says it's destroying our country. Um, and Republicans need to be more and more aware of what this means to them and their party. I know Republicans love our country and our democracy. They're not aware that they have been brainwashed by Trump and his speeches filled with hatred and repeated over and over, which is a proven brainwashing technique that was used in Korea, that was used in China, that was used in Germany, in Russia, and now it's being used in the United States. Yes, and it's even more disconcerting, or not more, maybe it's equally disconcerting, that we have media outlets in this country that are more than happy or for some reason, whatever, philosophically, because they are in agreement or they're receiving some type of cash. I don't know what the motivation is. Oh, well, they, they think more viewers are going to watch them. But when you listen to outlets like Fox, One American News, Newsmax, and the misinformation, disinformation that is put out, not everything they put out is wrong. But a large part of it is, and a large part of it we classified as propaganda. But it's more worrisome that we have the media outlets that don't report what is actually happening. And even with the so-called mainstream media, how they're so reluctant to call out not only perhaps Donald Trump, but other politicians, too, when they find that they have done something that's borderline illegal or whatever. But uh, let me ask you, in our last uh, 30 seconds or so, how, how should we deal with 
these media outlets because they do shape opinions. They do influence people and they can have a very negative impact. And in fact, they're the ones really, I think, uh, just looking over the last five years who have helped perpetuate the, the quote, big lie that uh, you know, after that you last know, Bill, election. Someone needs to take Murdoch, Murdoch aside and have a very serious conversation with him. He openly admitted on live TV that he was feeding the American public, i.e. particularly the Republicans, false news in supporting Trump. Um, and he needs to understand the relationship between feeding the American public false news and the propaganda and the misinformation and how it is destroying our country, not helping our country. And I believe once someone convinces him of this track that he's gone down and how to change it, then we will have another um, media source that is providing the U.S. public with truth and not this misinformation that they've been fed and have believed. Well, the Dominion voting machines won a lawsuit against Fox for something like $740 million plus right. or something like that. And Smartmatic now has a lawsuit against them and others too, not just them, but I think Newsmax and some of the others for $1.52 billion. So hitting, hitting their bottom line can certainly impact them. Well, Elizabeth Graham, I want to thank you so very much for a very interesting and a very informative session and a very unique viewpoint into a situation that most of us don't have that much information. But thank you so much for being on Global Thank Connect. you. Thank I you. appreciate your time. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television.